This edition of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall by a score of 5-1 to one as bad habits rear their ugly heads. What do the Capitals need to do to win on a consistent basis? Let's get into it next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked on Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about how ugly habits have come back and reared their ugly heads and what that means for the Capitals and how that manifests itself on the scoreboard. Uh, Capitals start off with a pretty good first period. Nick Backstrom gets on the goal on the board. And then the second period, it's like everything that they learned in the month of December was totally forgotten. We'll talk about that in the show. Then we'll talk about the net minding situation. Yes, I know Darcy Kemper was pulled in favor of Charlie Lindgren, but how much of the blame can we put on Darcy Kemper? We'll talk about that, and then to close out the show, we'll talk about what the Caps have to do to win on a consistent basis because there's not a lot of runway ahead. I know it's not the end of the season, but uh, we are running out of time, and this inconsistency is what has me the most worried, but just to get it going here. Washington falls to 26-20-6, which when combining the regulation and overtime defeats means they've dropped half of their games so far this year, writes Washington Hockey Now. And it's one of the things to think about in in kind of an unconventional way of thinking about it is, you know, kind of sitting at 500 for the most part. And uh, how did the Capitals get here? You know, when you think about it, we know that they had a rough October, November, and then it's December. They found their way, and then they'll have these games, these anomalies, these blips on the radar. Okay, so we take a look at the game tonight. Today, this afternoon, as a matter of fact, and there was a lot of optimism, a lot of positivity as they lock down that first wild card spot and they take down their old bitter rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and everyone is drinking the Capitals Kool Aid, thinking that, you know, they've really come out of the woods and they're poised for bigger things. And then a game like today happens and everything is deflated. It's like someone took a knife and just stuck it right in the side of your car tire and you can just feel. The positivity drain all out of you. 
And I don't want to get ahead of myself and say it's all doom and gloom, but there's these certain things that just really have me concerned. And I'm going to go ahead and say concerned. I know a lot of the beat writers out there, they won't say, you know, what they think is because they, you know, they're kind of more on a different level where they're covering the team, but they're doing it as a journalistic thing. Where at the end of the day, I'm a fan of the team. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm concerned because I'm a fan of the team. I do this podcast, of course. But if, you know, tomorrow I wasn't doing the podcast, I would still be a fan of the Washington Capitals. That's just the way it goes. So for me, I'm going to come to you as a fan and tell you that I'm concerned with how they're playing. And what do I mean when I say that is just the poor, the poor play in the second period where all of a sudden it seems to me that Darcy Kemper was just hung out to dry a lot of times. And I know that I hear a lot of things. Why do you stick up for Darcy Kemper? Well, for one, he has one of the best records in the NHL. If you don't believe it, go ahead and take a look. I'll give you some time. Okay, go ahead. Now that we're back and you check that out, you can see that he did a, a decent job. I'm not going to uh, you know, say that he didn't make any mistakes out there, but as I watch the game, especially in the second period, there were a lot of odd breakaways and there were just blown coverages and all this kind of thing that to put it squarely on Darcy Kemper's shoulders would be a bit misguided. It was just a team that was not in sync. And the part that has me the worried the most is when it's games that matter the most, you know, just kind of taking a look back on it. So they pick up a big win against Pittsburgh. They lose against Colorado. They lose against the Golden Knights. They win against the Coyotes. Uh, they lose to the Minnesota Wild. So do you see a trend there? Is that they're having a hard time you know, completing games against big opponents. And I know Pittsburgh is a bigger opponent, but they're not as big as they once were. But if you take a look at Colorado and you take a look at the Golden Knights, two teams that are formidable opponents and the Caps folded. And why does that have me concerned? Why does it have me concerned is because those are the teams that you're going to have to go through if you have any bigger goals. You know, you can take a look at the schedule and I could say, hey, Dan, you know, the, the good thing that's that's going to happen here next is they're going to be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets and, it, you know, all is well. That's nonsense. So that is a must win game. If you do not, if the Capitals do not find a way to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, you might want to go ahead and have your, you know, hand ready with to see, for the panic button. You know, I'm not saying you should push it, but just get, you know, comfortable with where it is. So if you need to push it, you know where it's at. Because it just seems that it, they can go along for such great periods of time and play so well, and then all of a sudden the wheels fall off. And it's not really easy to determine or ascertain what that is. It's just that all of a sudden they just become disengaged. Did Toronto play that much better in the second period? Or, to quote TJ Oshie about the Golden Knights game, did they become disinterested? And if they've become disinterested... Those are the things to be concerned about because if you're disinterested in winning that you shouldn't be playing. And I understand the Capitals are still missing some big pieces on the team. See Tom Wilson and John Carlson, but they found a way to do it in the month of December when they were missing Wilson and they were missing Backstrom. They just found a way to get it done. And uh, that's what has me a bit concerned. So we have the game coming up next against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then it's the All-Star break. And then guess who the first game is after the All-Star break? The team with the best record in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. That is going to be 
a huge test for this Capitals team, suffices to say. And if what I saw tonight, if that's what the kind of game that they're going to bring against the Blue Jackets, I, I don't think that it's a lock that the Capitals are going to win that game because guess what? Columbus still wants to win hockey games. They still have NHL players on that team that are fighting for jobs and fighting for, you know, pride and, uh, you know, the love of their team that they play for. So, Anytime I hear people come to me and they say, well, you know, I know that they played poorly against this tough team here and that tough, but they have this easy. I, I hate when people say that because, okay, so you beat a really poor team. Guess what? Really poor teams are not the teams in the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup final. So those are the teams that I think the Capitals really need to dial in on and, and con, you know, concentrate on what is going wrong out there. Um, just because, you know, the play in the second period is what has me the most concerned. And uh, you can have the best netminders in the world, but if you can't, you know, close the book on it and just and, and find a way to pick up a W on these games that have, you know, pretty big magnitude, I guess I'm going to say, because I, I it's not... Uh, you know, panic mode yet, but it could be because, you know, the Caps cushion is is narrowing. You know, they're in that first wild card spot, but guess what? The teams that are underneath of them, if they all of a sudden went on a hot streak and the Capitals continued to lose games, then that would be rough. Say Pittsburgh started winning a bunch of games going forward here. Guess what? Then that's going to that's gonna push them down. So the Caps have got to find a way to close games and close games uh, on a big stage. And you know, Toronto, for whatever you think of them, regardless of what the Maple Leafs record is year, you know, one year next to the other, they're always, they always bring it. And it's like an all-star team. I mean, look at it. They found a way to win this afternoon without Austin Matthews in the lineup. So you can kind of start scratching excuses off your list because they're missing one of their big pieces so that, you know, the Capitals, you know, they don't really have any excuses as to why they didn't win. So I don't want to make it all doom and gloom, but I am going to say that I am a bit concerned. And why am I concerned? Because, you know, I kind of was dismissive of the Golden Knights game. I thought to myself, well, you know, that's just kind of a blip on the radar. That's just, it's not that important. And then all of a sudden I saw the Colorado game and I understand that wasn't an apples for apples comparison because there were points in the game that the Capitals actually played better. They just couldn't close out. But the game today is kind of the one that kind of, you know, a little bit of doubt and a little bit of fear kind of snuck into me a little bit about, is this is this how this season is going to go again? Um, I really hope that's not the case, but it draws into a lot of questions what this Caps team has to do going forward. Okay, so after this, we have the All-Star break, and then what's the next big milestone? The next big milestone is free agency, um, or, or excuse me, the trade deadline. The trade deadline is the next thing coming up in March where the Caps are going to have, you know, around a month to determine, okay, is John Carlson going to come back a, and you know, what other uh, pieces are we going to have to move around? And that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. What do the Capitals have to do uh, between now and uh, the, the trade deadline? Do they need to make any big acquisitions and who do we need forwards? Do we need defensemen? Um, do they need to pick up a depth goalie or something of that nature? I know that's a crazy thing to think about, but there's there's things that need to get that need to get done before the trade deadline. And what are those things? We'll talk about those next.
Athletics Partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now I've been taking it for several months and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Now, I personally take it because I have some young children at home, and if you have children at home, maybe you can relate to needing that extra boost of energy. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugars, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting great. It costs less than $3 a day you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a fry, uh, excuse me, free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. So in this segment next here, we're going to talk about, you know, the trade deadline is looming in the month of March and what moves do the Capitals need to make? And, you know, taking a look at the game tonight, you could you could start to question a lot of different things. You know, I've uh, as, despite the fact that the, the Caps went out and they swung for the fences and they got the biggest name netminder on the free agent market, they got Darcy Kemper, and then they kind of went into the weeds a little bit and got Charlie Lindgren, who has ended up, turned out to be just an amazing goalie, you know, backup goalie for this team that could be a starter on pretty much any other team in the NHL. Um, there's still a lot, a lot of doubt and question about if they did the right thing. And, you know, it's surprising for me as a fan of the Caps that despite the fact that they had Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, which were pretty deplorable for the two years that they carried the mail for the Caps and net, that they still question the, the net miners that were brought in. Darcy Kemper, who won a Stanley Cup and just all these accolades and awards and all the stuff that he has done, still gets, you know, hate and, and, you know, people saying, why do you support him? And, you know, Chucky Sideburns, they call uh, Charlie Lindgren. Is he really worth it? And, and do the Caps, I've even heard, do the Caps need to make any upgrades in that, as crazy as that sounds? And I'm going to go ahead and say that's pretty crazy. Uh, if you ask me, I think that the Caps is far is the net minding position. I think they have that buttoned down. And uh, even if they don't, uh, they have just a wealth of depth in Hershey that could step up. You have Zach Fucale and Hunter Shepard. You know, and you go down the list there, there's Garen Bjorklund and uh, Clay Stevenson. There's just um, a, just a litany of different goalies. You know, maybe not all NHL ready, but you at least have Zach Fucale, I would say, and Hunter Shepard. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Caps really don't need to make any moves in the net mining uh, position, despite everything that I've heard. Uh, I think that that's a little bit crazy. I think that, you know, 
I'm not going to absolve them from I'm not going to absolve Darcy Kemper for you know every goal uh, from today, but I'm not going to say that it was solely his. I watched the game and I saw that he was under duress, you know, for a pretty good chunk of the game. Just you know, kind of taking a little bit closer looking at the net minding here. Darcy Kemper saved 16 of 20, but in the second period, a lot of odd man breaks, a lot of under pressure. And then Charlie Lindgren comes in out of the bullpen and saves six of seven. So, you know, what I'm saying is that Charlie Chucky Sideburns, he did come in and he did a good job. And I have nothing negative to say about him. He played amazing, especially in Darcy Kemper's absence when he was injured. But I'm going to go ahead and cross that off the list. Now, just to kind of widen the lens, what other positions of need do the Capitals have? I would say, you know, just from watching the game tonight, they they definitely need to uh, they need work on defense. You know, John Carlson, he is was on the ice, and but they, you know, the Caps were really cautious on saying, you know, to just take it easy. You know, he's going to be on the ice for a little bit, but don't get ahead of yourself because he's going to be reevaluated in the month of February. And why is that important? Because after February is March, and March is when the trade deadline is. So the Caps have a little bit of time between now and then to determine if, in fact, John Carlson's good to go. I think, even regardless, if he's good to go or good, if he's not good to go, I think that they need to, to pick up a defenseman, probably a, a bigger name. I know that that's going to probably involve some sort of trade. It might involve... Um, a trade from you know one of the players that, that we love on this team moving on to maybe help for the greater good of this team. And then I think also some depth defensemen as well. I think that uh, just what we have right now, it's just a very, uh, I feel like the Caps defense is kind of like walking on eggshells, like it's maintaining and it's keeping its head above water, but all it needs is one boat to drive by and it's going to go under the water and then things are really going to go bad. So I think that, you know, the defense is going along pretty well right now, but if John Carlson doesn't come back, that's one of the big things. That's one of the hugest things out there then they're reliant exclusively on Eric Gustafson and and Jensen and Van Riemsdyk and Faravari and the like. And is that enough? And God forbid, and this is what I'm talking about, the waves going up and down, is what if one of them get, gets injured? What if Eric Gustafson gets injured? What if Faravari gets injured again? Then all of a sudden you're you're drawing up Alexiev and you're drawing up uh, Lu- Lucas uh, Johansson. And then all of a sudden you have all these unproven commodities. And for me, as a Caps fan, talking to Caps fans, that should have you a little bit of worried. I know that everyone loves, you know, Alex Alexiev and they love Lucas Johansson as these future players, right? But these future players are maybe not ready for prime time right now. How would you feel about this Caps team going into the playoffs with Alexiev and Lucas Johansson out there as, you know, one of your D pairings out there? I'm not feeling real great about that. So I guess what I'm trying to just recircle, you know, circle the wagon back here is I think they need a big marquee name on defense if John Carlson doesn't come back. And even if he does come back, they still need a little bit of help on defense. Because, you know, what that what I saw out there tonight, and I know it wasn't just the defense or some clumsy play out there by the forwards as well, and I'll get to that as well, is they need some help. And we've... You know, we've seen what we have in Lucas Johansson and Alexiev, and I know there's, you know, Vincent Iorio. There's, there's a, a lot of different players to draw from down there. I get that. 
but not a lot of them are ready for prime time. You know, even though they're they're household names amongst Capital fans. I mean, if you're a, a Capitals fan that's worth your salt or follow this team, you know, somewhat exclusively, then you've obviously heard Lucas Johansson and Alex Alexiev as two of the bigger name defensemen. But for me, as a Caps fan, I do not believe they're ready for prime time right now you know, maybe next year or the year after, whatever the case is, this is this win now window that's open this, this much right now. But as time goes on, it, it, it closes more and more and more. So, and Alex, Alec, or excuse me, Alex Ovechkin is not getting any younger. He's 37 years old. And, uh, you know, it's this win now mode. We want to win as many cups as we can with Ovechkin here. He wants to win as many cups. He wants to, to pass, and, you know, Wayne Gretzky and all that kind of stuff, but he's going to be able to do that with a supportive ensemble cast, right? He's not going to be able to do that with a bunch of, you know, AHLers at this point anyway, right now. So moving on to the forwards, what do I think? I think the Caps would probably be wise. And I know that he's, you know, stepped in and, and he's done a good role at the center position. I think the Caps would be best served if they moved on from Lars Eller. And I really do. And why Why do I say that? You know, Lars Eller's done great. You can roll out a bunch of his stats about how great Lars Eller played. And I hear all that. And I know the, uh, how good of a job that he's done. However, this is the last year of his contract on the Caps for Washington. And uh, I really just don't see them re-signing him to a new deal in the offseason. I do not see that being the case. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that I think that they would be wise to move on from Lars Eller right now, why they can still get something in return. Because if you wait until the end of the season and he walks, then you get nothing. So if you don't re-sign him and he walks, you get absolutely nothing in return. That to me is crazy. Uh, so I think that that's one of the things that they need to do. And then the elephant in the room, and he's trunk is waving around here. It's a big elephant in the room. I hear about it every day is Anthony Mantha. And what are we going to do with Anthony Mantha? I do think um, that, you know, unless they can find a way to bundle him in a deal just to get his contract off the books, I think to a certain extent, the Capitals are stuck with Anthony Mantha for this year. And why do I say that? He spent a bunch of time being a healthy scratch Where's who's going to want to pick up that? Who's going to say, hey, you know that guy that's got that big bulking frame but's not a fighter, a guy that's an inconsistent shooter and a healthy scratch? Yeah, we need that on our team. That's just not going to be the case. So I think that, you know, if they wanted to say Brian McClellan was going out to seek, you know, a bigger player, he could word, he could put something in there that says, I want this player and you'll get this player, but if you take this player, you've also got to take Anthony Mantha with you and you got to take his contract or at least a chunk of that contract. Capital still might end up eating some of that contract, even if they move on from him. But I would still be a bit surprised if they move on from Anthony Mantha, actually most surprised because is, you know, poor as some people say he is, he is still a depth piece at the end of the day. And, you know, I would say that Anthony Mantha is better than, you know, a good chunk of the guys that are in Hershey, shall we say, at, at least as of right now. So then, I mean, you still do have depth pieces at your disposal. You have Alexi Protus, who has kind of been a little bit hot and cold as well. But uh, that's my assessment. Move on from Eller. Move on from Anthony Mantha, if you can, um, and then see what kind of upgrades you can make. I understand that they're going to probably be comparable moves similar to 
you know, the Sonny Milano deal or the Nicholas Abe Cubell, which I give kudos to Brian McClellan. I like Sonny Milano and I like Nicholas Abe Cubell. I wouldn't, I don't want them to move on from them. I actually like what both of those players bring to this team. And I also like his bargain shopping tactics where he got them on the cheap. So that's what I think the Caps need to do before the deadline is a, a big name defenseman. Carlson doesn't come back, a depth defenseman, and then Eller, move on from him, and then Mantha, move on from him. If you can, if you can get the right pieces, something comparable to like a Milano and a Cubell, something just a piece that's going to help amplify this team that is, you know, the, the thing I'm going to say about the Capitals is the wheels going like this. In the, you know, it, but it's we don't want it to go like this, where it's in, on the verge of just falling off altogether. So if you can kind of keep the wheel tight and going down the road as you go towards the playoffs, then I feel okay about things and I feel how okay about how the Caps are going forward. But that's what they're going to have to do if they want to make a push. If they want to make a push into the playoffs and they want to make a, a push for the Stanley Cup, it's going to be a tough road, make no mistake, but they do need to solidify some things before they do that. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about what do the Capitals have to do to, to get this ship going in the right direction? How do we look back at the month of December and go, yeah, that's how we did that. That's, that's, that's the thing that we got to do. We'll talk about that next. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with no sweat, fe- no sweat first bets. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And guys, even if you're not into betting, it makes it watching these games that much more exciting. If you're watching the Super Bowl or if you're watching a Capitals game, if you got a little money on the game, it makes it that much more exciting. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we're going to talk about what the Caps have to do to kind of get back into their winning ways, and it's the basics. And I don't, you know, when you take a look at it, I don't think that there's a lot of things that need to to change, but it was the second period in this game. It was the Vegas Golden Knights game that, for whatever reason, sometimes they just lose their way, and they, they just don't find a way to... Uh, and, and recollect back to what it takes to win. And I don't necessarily know why that is. I just think that sometimes uh, these other teams give them different looks and they're maybe not necessarily prepared for it. Um, but in any event, the Caps got to find a way to get back into the winning way of doing things. And, you know, like I talked about, so they have this game against Columbus. They got one coming up against the Bruins after the break here. They're going to have to find a way to take a look at the film and and see what they're doing wrong. And I think that a lot of this emanates 
especially in the game against the Maple Leafs where they're just, they're the odd man breaks. You know, that was the big thing as I watched the game. I'm like, okay, so there's two guys coming at Darcy Kemper and one defenseman trying to take on both of them. I saw that multiple times uh, in the game. That's something that's going to have to get shorn up. And I don't, you know, again, I just think, So I think the answer is twofold, or the problem is twofold as well, is I think that especially in this game against the Maple Leafs is that they had, you know, they kind of, the Maple Leafs came out a little bit slow in the first period. And then I think that, you know, in the second period there, you know, the coaches had a stern talking to the players between the first and second period and said, this is what you guys are doing. You're going to have to ratchet it up. And I think the Maple Leafs ratcheted it up. And, you know, subsequently, I think the Capitals kind of took their their foot off the gas a little bit and that, you know, they weren't able to meet that same aggression that the Maple Leafs were putting in their uh, direction. So that's why you saw those odd man breaks and those breakdowns, because they found a way to stay in it in the first, but for whatever reason, uh, in the second period, it was just too much. Um, and that was the biggest thing. In Sunday's game, there were too many turnovers and odd man rushes. Um, so the back checking also uh, was less than ideal. And the defense performance and holes in coverage uh, is ultimately what led to uh, a lot of the easy goals out there. And, you know, that's not a really easy thing to ascertain or point fingers at. But I think that that is joy- just going to be a lot of the video coaches uh, and that kind of thing, taking a look at the th- at the film and saying, okay, so... There was a blown coverage here. There was, you know, a hole here. Uh, the back checking was less, was subpar in this area. That's what you're going to have to work on. And maybe shake up the lines a little bit. Maybe shake up the defensive pairings. Whatever you have to do uh, to get a different result. And I would say, you know, I, it just seems to me that uh, that Darcy Kemper, you know, and I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I try to be fair. And I'm going to say that Darcy Kemper has had some rough outings. Maybe it's time to give Chucky Sideburns another start out there and see what he has in the tank. You know, I mean, ultimately, I'm in the winning business. I'm not in about... Uh, you know, I have a favorite player on the ice, shall we say. So I'm about whoever it takes to be in net for the Caps to pick up a W. Um, and that, that's about it. I mean, ultimately, Darcy Kemper is the number one netminder for the Caps right now. That's what they're paying him for. Uh, but I am not opposed to going with Charlie Lindgren just to see what they have. Again, the biggest thing that I worry about for Darcy Kemper is that he's had some rough outings, you know, and kind of, you know, close proximity, you know, recently in the, in recent memory, he's had some rough outings, uh, some of the games where he's actually even got pulled. So maybe it's time to give Charlie Lindgren a couple starts again, and just maybe kind of let Darcy sit and kind of just, you know, take the odometer button and push it. So it's back to all zeros. And just kind of, you know, free up his, his head a little bit. Maybe he's, you know, being overworked, or I guess I don't know what's what the case is. Again, I'm not trying to put this squarely on Darcy Kemper's shoulder, but I'm trying to be fair and say that he has at least something to do with it. So that's my big takeaway on it is just maybe uh, give uh, Charlie some starts here. I know that we're coming up on the All-Star break, but, and this is going to be a bold statement so Caps fans, get ready when I say this. I would, if I'm going to put my starting netminder against the Bruins, because that is going to be a big test. Can we both agree? Can we, everyone that's listening to this podcast, can we agree to that, that the Boston Bruins is going to be a tough game for the Capitals? Who? 
Are you going to start in net? And I want you to give me that answer. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps. Who are you going to start in net against the Boston Bruins? Who would I start? I'm going to tell you who I'm going to start. I would go just based on a couple dicey games out there by Darcy Kemper. I would go with Charlie Lindgren against the Bruins. That's how where I, my stand is on it right now. That doesn't mean I've lost favor with Darcy. All I'm saying is he's had some rough games, and I'm in the winning business, and I'm in, in the Caps winning business. I am going to go with Charlie Lindgren between the pipes against the Bruins when they come back from the All-Star break. And I'll go all in on that. I'm taking all my chips, and I'm pushing those all forward. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, half... Uh, cocked on this. I think fully that that is the best move for the Caps to make right now when they take on a big test because that is a good measuring stick for the Caps to take on is the Boston Bruins because we know uh, how great of a team that is. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And if you would like to join me on this edition or future editions, shall we say, of Locked On Capitals and shoot me an email at minutecastmedia at gmail.com. That's minutecastmedia at gmail.com. I'm going to try to have some fans on here at least once a week to talk caps. I know that I, you know what my thoughts are on the caps, but I want to hear from you. I have one person in particular that I'm setting up that's going to be on here. Just all it's going to be super easy, just like a 10-minute segment. I'll send you a Zoom link. We'll talk a little caps hockey and boom, you'll be on one of the next episodes of Locked On Capitals. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun for me. I think it would be fun for you guys as well. Uh, so that is what we're going to plan on doing. Once again, minutecastmedia at gmail.com. If you would like to join me on a segment on Locked On Capital, so where I can ask you questions like, who would you trade for? And, uh, you know, where do you think the Capitals are going to finish the end of the year? That kind of thing, because I want to hear the input, input from you, uh, the fans of the Caps as well. All right, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.